again, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. I am not Adam Jones. He is over there, the former five-time MLB All-Star. I'm Jerry Coleman. We are brought to you by the Baltimore Banner. They are presenting us, and we are grateful for their participation and everyone who watches and listens to the Adam Jones Podcast. Uh, last week, we were really happy with the Josh Charles interview. Uh, you may know by now this is an R-rated at times podcast. Uh, there was some swearing, but I must say I didn't hear I didn't hear anything in terms of negative feedback from anything that was said, mostly by Josh. But there were a couple of f bombs or <laughs> s bombs from Adam as well. Now we will be talking today with Jonas Schaefer. He is the new beat writer for the Baltimore Banner, covering the Baltimore Ravens. Used to work for another paper in town. He's embedded with the team on a daily basis. Also, Adam and I are going to debate nils known. That's their gangster name. Name, image, and likeness is what they call them in most of the population. But uh, whether or not they're good or bad for college sports, we disagree on that a lot. Also ahead on the Adam Jones podcast, which is our final edition of season one. This is episode number 15, as I mentioned at the top. Adam and I will talk a little bit about the NFL and this cockamamie concept of trying to hold neutral site championship games we'll also have another edition of socially speaking it's not all positive we do read the mean tweets and comments as well as always we're brought to you by our friends over at bmw of towson they got the best service around in all of baltimore check them out right there off i-695 also we're brought to you by be more around town Football season may be over, but the fun never stops at Be More Around Town. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com. They have all sorts of trips for the Terps, the Caps, and, of course, spring training. Also, thanks to Dennis Wyman and the folks over at the Wyman Group. And, of course, G-Leaf, GLeaf.com and the Baltimore Banner, TheBaltimoreBanner.com slash AJ. Six months unlimited digital access for just a buck. Let's get rolling. All right, let's get to our featured guest. He is the new Ravens beat reporter and writer. And I don't know if he's a columnist as well for the Baltimore Banner. He is Jonas Schaefer, who can now put on his resume. He is the first ever media guest on the Adam Jones podcast. Congratulations for that, Jonas. Tremendous work. Congratulations on the job at the Banner as well. But I want to ask you, and you can comment to what I had to say, We're going to get into the Ravens press conference. And I thought it was very interesting that they had both Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh up there together. I don't know if they've done that a lot in the past, but I think it's a very, very smart move by the PR department because you divide and conquer. When you have both of those guys up there at the same time, less questions for each individual. What was your biggest takeaway from that whole ordeal? Yeah, I mean, in keeping with the theme of John and Eric being up there, it was solidarity. You know, they, this was a time where the Ravens can't afford to present anything but a united front, considering everything that's going on with Lamar Jackson. So not really a whole lot of new information from you know John and Eric about where they are. We already knew that they love Lamar. We already knew that they want to get Lamar signed to a long-term deal. Um, but I think it was refreshing to Ravens fans, the folks who don't cover this stuff, as closely as you guys do, as, as I do, to hear that there is this commitment to signing the most important player in your franchise. So obviously when the when the rubber meets the road, we don't actually know if this deal will get signed. We've been waiting for <clears throat> a couple of years now for this deal to get signed. It hasn't. Um, but I, I think it's uh, important for not only the Ravens and the fan base, but also for the rest of the NFL to 
portray Lamar as this guy who you want to get signed because if you don't sign him and you trade him instead, well, you want to boost his trade value that way too. All right, a question for you. So there's four options, I believe. Um, you got a long-term deal, exclusive franchise tag. We know that'd be sub, I mean, above $40 million. Um, and uh, obviously a simple trade, but this non-exclusive franchise tag, I don't really understand it, but projected to be $30, $35 million, but he can talk to another team. How would you – how would – like, I don't understand it. So he can talk to another team while accepting 30, 35 million, but it's, it, that's not really a commitment. I don't, that, that right there, especially with a player like him, I would seem to be really shady. If you you say, right, I'll be here for 30, 35 million, but if I can work out a deal with the Jets and you get two draft picks, would you, would you allow me to go there? I, I explain that to me or did I explain it? <laughs> I think you explained it. It's just basically a way, I think, at this point to call Lamar's bluff to say, we think we know the market better than you do. So we're going to give you the opportunity to go out and negotiate contract terms. Uh, if someone like the Jets mm -hmm. offer, you know, five years, $250 million, and we don't think we want to sign that, then we don't have to. And if we don't, then we'll get two first round picks over the next two years. But if five years, 250, is something that you are willing to sign in lieu of that, you know, $35 million, you know, $32.5 million deal, then we can sign that as well. So it is a way, I think, for the Ravens to have some say over how this process goes, but you also open yourself up to the possibility of someone coming in with a godfather offer and just knocking Lamar's socks off. And if you don't or can't match that offer, then you are losing your best player for two first round picks, which is, I think, something that no team, especially no team that needs a quarterback <clears throat> like the Ravens do, would ever be willing to stomach. So it's a tough situation if things don't go their way and they do do the non-exclusive franchise tag. But I think it would be a good way where if you feel comfortable in where the market is to, to say, hey, we're going to take our chances. We're going to give ourselves some cap flexibility if you don't want to sign this offer sheet from this other team. And then we'll see from where it goes from there. But, um, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. Eric DeCosta was asked about it uh, last week, and he said we're not sure if we're going to do exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag. So it's just a matter of waiting these next couple of weeks to figure out exactly what happens. Well, the good news is uh, we're looking forward to having Eric and John on the podcast separately. We're not going to have them on together jointly because that will limit no. the questions like they do with those organized press conferences. But going back to Lamar, and I know you were in the locker room after the game and the loss at Cincinnati. Some things were said in the locker room. More things were said the following day. What's the truth? What's fiction in terms of the way the locker room felt about Lamar's injury and participation? Because we've heard so much conjecture over the past couple of weeks about it, Jonas. Yeah, I think you take the the guys who were in that locker room, the leaders in that locker room at their word. You have folks like Mark Andrews, who is a big, big Lamar Jackson booster, Calais Campbell, who I think is a great teammate, um, you know, Pat Ricard, all these guys saying, look, Lamar was clearly hurt. We saw him in the, you know, limped around the facility every day. We knew that he couldn't practice. And if you can't practice, you can't play. So I, I think it was, um, you know, a good sign for the Ravens again to present this unified front and, and, you know, not really cast any aspersions on Lamar. Obviously, the Ravens had to deal with that mini news cycle with uh, Sammy Watkins saying, you know, well, shit, I'd like to see him, you know, go out there and play. But Sammy Watkins is also a guy who's playing for his next contract. Let's just be real about it. You know, Calais Campbell has that financial security. Mark Andrews has that financial security. So um, I think, you know, if there was frustration among the Ravens, rank and file was probably more so among the coaches because, 
you know, they thought Lamar would, would be back and maybe it was their fault that he wasn't um, by, by setting expectations a little bit too high. But I think anyone who was around Lamar, who's known Lamar, who's seen how hard he's worked to get to the point where he could be in this position to make a whole lot of money uh, would be sympathetic to what has happened. Um, you know, some guys just don't recover quickly. That It's just a matter of, you know, not everyone's grade two PCL sprain is the same. So obviously the Ravens would have loved to have had him. Um, maybe we're talking about them in the AFC championship game if they had had him because of how we've seen <clears throat> the Bengals roll over teams. But, um, you know, at this point, it's just a, a matter of trusting what the Ravens have, have told us, at least the, the Ravens players. So outlook. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the offseason has not started. No free agency frenzy yet. But obviously there's there's demands, there's needs that teams are going to be that, – that, that the Ravens are going to need. Every team is going to need them. And there's projected free agents. Where are where are the biggest needs? Obviously wide receiver. We know that. They need, a, they need a stretch guy. We know they need a stretch like my man Tory. We know that. Um, but, you know, what, what's, their, what's their needs? Yeah, I think wide receiver is definitely up there. Uh, I think you can never <clears throat> you can never afford to have too many cornerbacks, uh, never too many edge rushers. You know, Eric DaCosta has talked about these greyhound positions where you really have guys who put miles on their body in a short amount of time. We saw running back get decimated two years ago. We saw cornerback get decimated two years ago. Obviously, edge rusher is a position where you're you know going through the the ringer every time you you line up, and so. If the Ravens lose someone like uh, you know Justin Houston, if they lose Jason Pierre-Paul, you're talking about a, a group that's pretty young that doesn't have a lot of bodies and and would definitely need some <clears throat> some infusion of talent there. But I, I think cornerback and wide receiver are definitely the the two biggest areas right now. I think I'm personally in favor of the Ravens, you know, taking another chance on Marcus Peters. I think it's always unrealistic to expect a guy who's coming off an ACL surgery to to be back to his all pro form right away. I mean, Mark, you know, JK Dobbins wasn't good until the end of the year. And, you know, I think you want to grant that same leniency to Marcus Peters. He's a great teammate. Um, he's not going to play as much man coverage as he has in the past because that's just where the Ravens system is. So, um, you know, wide receiver, cornerback, edge rusher, I think those are the big three. And obviously if Lamar leaves, well, then we have a new number one. All right, a couple of things, a couple of quick things. First of all, the wide receiver needs been 20 years running. I think we'd agree on that. Uh, did Marcus Peters ever speak to the media at all this year? I don't remember seeing many quotes from him. And then the other, I guess, the third part of this question, Jonas, would be Greg Roman and the decision where they parted ways. Was that a Steve Bishotti call in your estimation? No, I think that was just a an understanding from – all sides, but I mean, I think it was more so from the Ravens, knowing that they had to evolve, knowing that they had to, to be better, um, you know, just kind of looking at some of the numbers. It was striking to me, at least, that here you have uh, the NFL's best running team, you know, over the last three years. And yet each of these past three years, they've got worse at play action success and play action should be the most quarterback friendly play in the league. And the Ravens dropped from like seventh in play in play action efficiency to 14th to 15th to like 25th or something and and that's i think really really unacceptable considering how much attention these teams are paying to the running game with lamar in there without lamar in there um, it should have been an easy money play for the ravens and by the end of these past couple of years it just wasn't so uh, i think there was an understanding that you have to better marry the running game to the passing game and i think that's you know, why we've seen so many guys with passing game with passing game coordinator and their titles attached to these uh, interviews that the Ravens are requesting. So that's something to monitor. And as for Marcus Peters, no, we did not talk to him over, I'd say, the second half of the season. Uh, just wrap things up here. Um, and uh, he was hurt, obviously, and that that uh, kind of puts a dent in things. 
Um, but he did get the Edblock Courage Award, so he's going to hopefully talk about that in the coming weeks, coming months, and we'll get that figured out. I have one last one for you is media availability. Um, obviously, you know, when Jerry was telling me when you're hurt, you can't, you, you don't have to talk. You don't have to say anything. Right. But the player, the players that are not hurt, the play active players, like I said, you didn't have too many quotes from Marcus Peters, the guy who plays all the time. Like, you know, in baseball, I know we're there. We, we got to talk. You got, I mean, you got to talk. Obviously, there's a lot more games. But especially if you play 16 games, you should have a quote from damn near everybody. Um, is, is it scattered in there once once the game and you know, once you guys are able to come in there? Do guys like pace themselves, time it, you know, get, then they know when it's five minutes to go and they show up knowing that you can get two in, not ten? Yeah, there are certain guys who uh, I would say take about two two minute showers and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've done that, Adam. You know what that's about. Only when it's date night, baby. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> and then during the during the week, you know, some guys make themselves scarce. Just you know, there's the there's the uh, the cafeteria right nearby. So if they don't have a lot of interest in talking to us, they can just hang out there and and yeah. be on their merry way with with the rest of the guys. Oh yeah, I know how that. That's, that yeah. sucks. I, I was always a person who was here. What, what you got? Because I want you in and out. You got to go write your paper too. You got a deadline, especially after <laughs> he game. wanted us out of the locker room, so he would just no. make himself available early. But it was smart though, because after the games we had, I mean, you guys got deadlines. Look at dude, fit 10, 15 minutes, man. Get this stuff out the way. Okay, you made a bad play. Who cares? You made a good play. Cheer it. Get it over with. Talk about it. Let's go. Get these people out of here. They got deadlines and get the hell out. I think we were going to agree with that, right, Jonas? That was my club. That was my club. Good theory. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of the way. Uh, Yeah. Knock out of the way. Yeah, knock (laughs) it out. Last thing for you, Jonas, because we're going to talk about this a little later in the podcast. This concept that came up this past week about a neutral site championship game, the NFL trying to turn it into like a mini Super Bowl. Your thoughts on that and the way it affects and impacts teams and and do you think it'll become a reality? Money talks, man. Money talks. You know, I, if if we have seen the, the college football championship, to, you know, go from a, a, a two-team final to a four-team semifinal to whatever the heck it's you know heading toward these next couple of years, then why wouldn't there be you know exactly why wouldn't there be an effort by the NFL to squeeze every dollar out of out of these fans? I mean, it would suck because. It's awesome to have a. It would also be to have, for Ravens fans to have an AFC Championship game in Baltimore. But if uh, the NFL can split the split the baby and have those devout Ravens fans, you know, go to Atlanta or Minnesota or wherever there's a an awesome venue and pay top dollar for it, then they're probably going to try to do it. Jonas, really do appreciate your time. Very insightful. Uh, we know you're busy. It's the off season, but the NFL, as I tell everyone, is a year-round business. Congratulations on the new gig at the Banner, and uh, we'll be reading you soon. Appreciate, appreciate it, you. guys. Well, we learned a lot there, Adam, and I know you were curious yeah. about how things operate with the NFL. You know, they're once a week as opposed to you guys, although they are required to speak to the media before or after practice during the week. At least okay. once a week, the quarterback and the head coach have to talk. MLB, okay. though, it's it's a it's a bigger grind for you guys. It's it's 200 games a year if you include spring training where you got to be available yeah. or you don't have it's to. It's a little different. It is a little different. But I committed the rookie mistake again by saying last question. You can never say that. I cannot <laughs> say, can never say that's the rookie. Not mistake. with me around. Right. You always got something. So, but yeah, man, just make yourself available get, because again, get him in and out. That was my thing. And spring training, you guys have more time in there, but especially when um, they stopped having you guys come in after batting practice, 
it's like, okay, just two times. So whatever. But now when you guys only had an hour, you guys would come in and try to find your stories. And I get it. Guys are getting their treatments, but you know, when someone needs you and what's going on, if you're hot, people go on to talk about it. People go on to talk about it. There are new pictures coming in or something. People want, you just got called up all these kind of things. Even if you cold, somebody's going to ask you what's going right. on over there. There's all so like, come on, don't be, don't, don't shy away from having some awesome quotes be talked, be, be uh, spoken. And I know we got to get to the debate, but I do want to add this. Uh, they did limit the access from it used to be three hours. The locker room was open when you started in your career, when it was uh, open yeah. that long. I, I believe before that was after. linked right before and after. And Bad a lot of that was because the big, the right, the big time writers in New York and Chicago competing papers didn't want to get beat on a story. So they'd have to camp out there for three hours. Baseball did the smart thing by just opening it up for an hour, get it done and get out. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know all that stuff. See, that, see, that's where you come in, Gerald. You got all the cool knowledge and stuff. Stop calling me Gerald and let's move on. <laughs> all right, let's bring in the Honorable Reginald Fugit. The judge has arrived. It's time for our Jerry versus Jones debate, something I look forward to each and every week, courtesy of Dennis Wyman and the Wyman Group. I know you uh, had a chance to spend some time with Dennis recently, Reggie. Send him our regards. Thank you, Jerry. Welcome back. As Jerry said, we have a really good topic this week. Um, Jerry did win last week, but for a little context, um, if the reader, if the watchers and listeners do not know, in 2021, the NCAA began allowing players to earn money through their image and brand deals. Prior to then, players could only receive compensation in the form of scholarships. Um, I'm going to give you a little more information about something that came out in the media, which is something that's very new. And this is about uh, Jaden Rashada who is was a is a California high school star the number 7 ranked quarterback um at ESPN ranked 300 returned home to San Francisco suburbs of Pittsburgh instead of enrolling into Florida the Florida quarterback recruit requested a release from his national letter of intent after a quote unquote 13 million dollar name image and likeness deal oh. fell through um but his arrival in Gainesville was Contingent on a four-year, $13 million deal, he signed with a Gator Collective, a person familiar with the situation, told the Associated Press on a condition of an anonymity. But the Gator Collective is an independent fundraising arm that disperses money to student-athletes in all sports. This financial backing fell through, however. The Gator Collective terminated the binding agreement and left Florida coach uh, to scramble. Uh, Billy Napier to scramble to try to get Rashad to campus. So I want you guys to debate um, mm. what this, uh, you know, not mm. this specific example means for right. the, for the sports, but you got these amateur athletes um, and they're now able to make money off their likeness. But when it's connected to where they sign, it, it mm. does kind of uh, get into a gray area. Um, Jerry, you won last week. So I'm going to give Adam the floor. Go for it. Adam. Mm. Mm. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I love, I do love it. I love the NIL because, you know, these universities, these industries, obviously they give us an opportunity, they give us an education. We get it, but we're the talent. Uh, that's just like, that's, that's just like saying, you know, give Denzel a discount because, you know, he, Paramount brought him in. Like he didn't, he didn't have the infrastructure, but it's giving these kids a lot of money in their pockets. Now I look at it two ways. First off, it's giving them it's learning, giving them the opportunity to teach themselves financial responsibility. Now, these guys want to be, especially in today's day, social media. You're more popular college guys than some of these pro guys. Having money in your pocket 
can mean financial stability, can mean mental stability, helping out your family, little small things that these 18 to 21 year old college kids, a lot of them African-Americans go through financial pro uh, troubles when it comes to these sports. And a lot of them get in, in trouble with petty crimes. And now you don't hear about it as much. Now there's some stupid stuff going on still in the universities, but they got money in their pocket because these, these universities making hand over fist, 10 million for these coaches. And these players can't even have a pot to piss in. Nah. Saban did it right by building a facility. Other other teams need to do that. So that's part of the defense. That's Thank part you, of the Adam. defense. Uh, let me let me just start there. Is keeping the kids out of trouble, so we're going to give that's, them all this money, no. so they won't commit petty crimes. This no. is reaching. <laughs> this is my turn now. This is reaching new levels of absurdity. Okay, it's ridiculous. Thirteen million dollars for a college kid who has proven nothing except at the high school level. What happened to just a little bit of meal money? room board some food and and you go out and get a free education do you know how much tuition costs these days it's in the hundreds of thousands 13 million dollars and you're arguing over that that's more than you may make in your entire nfl career kid you should be thankful with that kind of money and i think it's you know we have reached the wild wild west in terms of college sports, there's no oversight with the NCAA. There's no rules about how much you can spend. It also causes an uneven playing field. I mean, we saw what just happened with Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman. They don't seem to have enough money to satisfy him. They can certainly go out and pay someone an NIL worth 5 or $10 million. That may be their entire budget for some of these schools. So it unevens the playing field. And I think, you know, these kids... They better get a financial advisor very soon because when you get $13 million in college, I don't know about you, but when I was in college, most of that money went to drinking. <laughs> so, thank so, thank so, you, Jerry. So, so you literally don't care about, like, like you don't care about these, these schools making hand over fist. You don't care about that at all. Well, let me all stop. Let me stop here. We're going to get into the rebuttal again. This is brought right, to right. the, uh, you by the Wyman company, Adam, if I can direct you a little more, um, this money is coming from uh, <clears throat> likenesses. So like you said, like the popularity off the field, it's not, right, technically, I know what it is. It's yeah. not technically supposed to be coming from the school's coffers, but right. um, you know, when the kid goes there, you know, it's, it's very not transparent right now. We do know that, you know, um, one of the quarterbacks from Alabama was making $2 million because you see him in commercials and stuff like that. Um, and, and again, and Adam, I know you, you did touch on this, but you, you, you still are for the players to be able to make money and yes. it's a free market. So just yes. make as much as you can. Yes. Your future's not guaranteed. So yeah, go ahead and right. go ahead on that. I am, front. I am, I am for them making money because I mean, like, just like, 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 What's his name? Oh, Terrell Pryor getting in trouble for giving his jersey for some damn tattoos. Yeah, you get in trouble stupid. for that. How much money did how much money did uh, the damn U.S. Uh, uh, Ohio State Ohio people State, make? Yeah, like come on, dude. Like, but the dude gives away a jersey. That thing was two hundred eighty dollars, and you're gonna get do all kind of sanctions for that. Now, thirteen million dollars is a lot of money. Okay, they, that's 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 pro athlete. Okay, and I get it. There's some guys making that, and but these kids should be able to make a substantial amount of money because they're getting used to stamps the amount. And you're talking about free education, man, tear your ACL after your freshman year and you ain't that good. Reggie, what happens when you get injured in college? Uh, He's not part of this debate. He's a judge. My ass is you gone. Question the judge. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Th saying. Thank you, Jerry. But, 
remain on the carpet. But don't ask a judge a question but, like that. But but he understands. I can ask a judge a question. You can ask a judge a question anywhere you yeah, want. Yeah, it's my room out of the courtroom. Will you? It's my arena, Jerry. I, I'll I, I make the rules. But I appreciate I appreciate that. So I mean, yes, I, you know it's the booster money. These jock sniffers yeah. that want to get close with these college athletes. But again. It's a bidding war for college athletes and the smaller schools that don't have the budgets can't compete. It's an uneven playing field. Warren Moon, I mean, not Warren Moon, Warren Sapp told me this. Why is there, why do all these college kids wear um, coats to the games? So after, after the game, when you dress, there's something in there in that pocket, baby. <laughs> have, have a good game. $100 somebody. handshake. Uh, that's about that's but see they don't have to do that no more now because look at come get it here's a, a word suit and tie come to this event hundred thousand dollars for you you know what i mean meet some people and uh, go learn how to golf but right. there's no control the whole thing has jumped the it shark. needs to be controlled control. there, but Thank there was you. no control the other way either the universities did whatever they want either so there just need to be control on both sides I, Thank I you both. agree on that all right the judge has a verdict uh <laughs> The verdict, the verdict goes to Jerry in this debate. Um, there is no control. There is no transparency. Um, there hadn't been transparency before, but uh, ultimately, you know, Adam, you did kind of concede a point in, you know, in some of this debate. Um, I have to. And again, good job, Jerry. Uh, you, you brought some facts. You, you, you brought up some, some really good points about how, uh, again, like how else would we would have found out that, the Gator Collective is giving someone $13 million unless it, it fell mm. through. And, you know, it, it says it, you know, it's like one thing if someone's popular and they can get a commercial deal because they have a million followers, that's, that's one thing. But then it's like, you have these booster funds that are saying, you know, Oh, Miami's only going to give me $12 million, but then I go to Florida to get 13. And then it just, it's really, uh, it, it's just how a, much are the schools making? The schools are making a hand over fist. You're right. And yeah, it, it goes because you know when they go, whenever they go, whenever they go, whenever they go to the championship games, all the whole conference gets money. Like they also I mean, get Sab Saban's over. Saban's getting over. I mean, like, like, but no one cares about the coaches. Dabo Sweeney. I don't want them to do it. I'm gonna resign my 10.5 million dollar a year contract. But no, I don't want these kids to get nothing. Uh uh. If we no, could bring some good, that's absurd. That's absurd. I think 13 million. That's absurd. These, I mean, guys making six, seven million. I know those. Couple hundred thousand. Okay. Where's your gavel, but, Judge? The, you know the the gavel is uh, right here. I'm saying I'm. I'm out of order. I can speak on it because I know money because I was young with money, so I understand how being 18, 19, 20, having some money in your pocket can alter your change, especially if you ain't come up with nothing. So I understand that personally. Yeah, you did also, Adam, mention that. Um, you know, $13 million makes you a pro athlete. That is also something that is uh, yeah. very interesting um, from a legal standpoint uh, because these are supposed to be amateur athletes and they're not technically supposed to get paid to play the sport, but they can get paid to be popular and show that's up. That's why events. this name image likeness. That's yeah, why the, exactly. And so, it is. and so when you have these collectives that are associated with the school paying you to you know, sign, you know, it's like the gate of collective should still pay him $13 million. If he's playing for Miami, if he shows up to, you know, to the university of Florida and, and brings them a hundred thousand people with him. still hundred dollar handshakes going around. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Well, thank you guys. Good job, Jerry. You're two in a row, Jerry. You're thank you, Judge. We started out 2023 in, in proper fashion. Appreciate it. Take so, care. I'm, I'm waiting for Black History Month. <laughs> All right, let's move along here. Let's travel. Let's get in the rocket ship and go 
beyond Baltimore, sort of where Adam Jones roams because he's an international star. But I want to talk with you about something that's going on here in the good old U.S., uh, and that is this crazy concept. And we mentioned it with Jonas Schaefer. The NFL broached the idea. Had the Bengals not won, and it would have been the Bills and Chiefs on Sunday in the AFC Championship, they would have played that game at a neutral site at the Georgia Dome or whatever sponsor there is for that dome now in Atlanta. And the NFL put out this breathless you know, press release saying we've sold 50,000 tickets, you know, 25,000 from each team and all that. Mm-hmm. And Jonas mentioned it happens at the collegiate level. But to me, this diminishes the regular season for the NFL. You work all year to get home field advantage, and then you have to go to Atlanta to play your opponent for a trip to the Super Bowl. Doesn't make sense to me, AJ. I'm glad you didn't mention eggs. That's in the world. That's what everybody's talking about in the world. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I think. Uh, it does, but how do you like, – since the game didn't get played, how do you work that? Again, I think that I think that Kansas City should be the number one seed since they did get 14 wins. They got 14 wins. So I think by them winning that extra game, just play the game in Kansas City if it was that. If it was there because they earned it by getting the 14 wins. We can't call the tiebreakers, unfortunately, but we can call what we can call, and they would have won. Now going to a neutral site, yeah, I, I mean – even no matter where you at, if you, you, you know, college, I get it. You want to go to the peach bowl. You want to, it's bowls. You know what I mean? You want to, do you want to go to the bowl and spend a week out there? But if I work my ass off all year, I want the, I want a home game. I want like, you want to sleep I, in I, your I, own bed, yeah, yeah, drive to the game. game and not have to worry about yeah. staying at a hotel in 100%. a different city. If I earn the AFC championship game, if I earned it, I want that game at my house. What? Are you kidding me? It don't, but See, that's the thing what they're going towards is weather. Did you see the weather is – the weather makes that's the part game – football, it, it, isn't it? It is, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. But I think that fans nowadays – fans still will go to the games, but I just think that sometimes when you don't score and if it turns out to be a 6-3 to three game, people are like, oh, you could have played that in Atlanta, Arizona, played, uh, Dallas. Obviously, you can go up to Minnesota, domes, because I said it when the Giants played uh, the Vikings. You go into a dome, that's a fair match. That's why people go into Dallas and beat the hell out of them because you're in a dome. It's a fair match. You go to Aaron Rodgers' house, uh-uh, very, very unfair. That's a so, home field advantage. To me, it seems like, like it's a case of not if but when this is going to happen. And you've been to a Good. Super Bowl. I've had the fortune of yeah. covering 10. It's a very sterile yeah. environment at these Super Bowls because it's the bigwigs. It's the corporate people. It's not the true fans yeah. that are really massively there. So you don't get the noise noise level you would get with a home field advantage in a conference championship. Oh, not at all. I mean, it's a straight corporate, it's straight corporate. It is, it is a, it's a big party. And then you got the fans that are, you know, trickled in, but it's, it's a part, all the suites, they're all parties. And then the rich dudes that like that team, like, okay, you know what I mean? If the Niners in there, okay, you can have some Silicon Valley dudes in there just because, and then, Ooh, I'm wearing a Niners fan, a Niners Jersey, never wore one all season, but obviously it's easy to wear one when you got a suite and you're going to be on TV. So, you know, it is, it is really corporate. But again, like Jonah said, everything is about money. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the ones who love it the best uh, sometimes can't afford what, what these, these prices are. And I've looked, like I said, me at the World Cup, I'm fortunate enough I can afford what I was at. Again, there's, somebody told me some dude sold a car just to go to these games. So when he get back home, he's back home now. He's walking. Uh, <laughs> he is walking, riding a bike, scooter. I don't know, but he ain't driving. <laughs> 
I mean, there's a slogan. It used to be the, you know, the road of the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. I guess they would have to alter that and say, but takes a detour through Atlanta or Indianapolis, the road to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Hopefully this doesn't come to fruition. I hope not also because, yeah, it's a, it's, like, tell me Seattle, if they, if they get the NFC Championship game, don't want to play in Seattle with their fans. You, of course. What? They say, no, nah, we're going to play in Arizona because you're playing, you're, you're playing, you know, Dallas, so we're going to play you in Arizona. What? I'm not going to be happy with that. No. You know what I mean? So We agree there, and that's why we don't debate this. We just talk about it as that. civil right. people. All right, let's proceed to our last segment of the podcast. It's called Socially Speaking. This is going to be really special because you can reach us on social media. If you're watching via YouTube, you can see at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at Adam Jones Pod, or email us. We do have an email, and we will give that out in a moment. You want to jot that down, so grab a pen because we're going to reward you. If you do email the show, we're going to pick a couple of people out for some signed Adam Jones memorabilia, like the people who we're about to read the reviews from. Hey, Adam Jones, just want to say I've been enjoying listening to you and Jerry at your podcast. My mom always liked you liked you when you played for the Orioles. Unfortunately, and we can relate to this, she passed away last year, this from cancer. I'm keeping up the tradition of being an Orioles and Ravens fan. My grandfather, my mother's father, was from Baltimore. He raised me to be an Orioles and Ravens fan with the rest of my family as Philly teams. My mom and I enjoyed our time at Camden Yards, just like my mom and I. And I'm looking forward to seeing an Orioles game uh, for the rest of my life. Keep up the good work with the podcast. I altered some of this. I really enjoy it. So that was very nice from Steve. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, hey, it looks like we all enjoy Cam Yards with our mom. My mom was at every 11 opening days, all every all my opening days. And to so. both of our moms, we say rest in peace up there in heaven, watching down on us right now. All right. My mom's having yak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's just laughing at this whole thing. Uh, all right. Also, also, we talked about these Apple podcast reviews. All you have to do is go on to Apple podcasts. Go to the show portion and give us a review and hopefully five stars. But apparently, even if you don't give us five stars, we still may talk about you, which brings (laughs) us to this. We got this. We got this review on Apple from Greg York and his handle name on Twitter is at the bad guy underscore zero zero. (laughs) We tracked him down on Twitter. Huge fan of AJ, the ball player and the person have had a bunch of interactions over the years and have always enjoyed mm-hmm. them. The podcast shows a side of Adam that people may not know. My man is a good dude and hilarious. Awesome. Which was the title of his review. Uh, he omitted my name there, but uh, congratulations, Greg. You still get a signed, you, huh? It's not about you, Jerry. No, it isn't. It's the Adam Jones no. podcast. <laughs> and for that, uh, we'll show you what you get an autograph Adam Jones signed baseball card. Right Ooh, that's there. a young, by that's the way, a young me right there. That's a yeah, young what's me. with that signature, man? Who taught you cursive? Me. That's a lazy autograph. That autograph is beautiful. It says AJ10. And if you don't like it, so what? You see Spell me sign name it. Out. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm taking it back to elementary school. Thank you, teacher. I know you're going to say, well, that was the 3047th autograph I had signed. No. No, no, no. I sign them just like that every time. I mean, just I, I, was, I remember doing it in the minor leagues. I had these pamphlets. And I just was like, look, it, what's the easiest way to keep doing it? And it just, that was the way to, it was fluid. It just well, kept, you, it was fluid, real fluid. 
as an autograph collector, I'll say you're not alone in that. There's a lot of yeah, uh, some chicken scratch, illegible oh. autographs oh. out there. The all worst right, ones are the are the Japanese players, hands down. The worst autographs, all oh, they're terrible. They're just like I don't even know what the hell they are. Show me a Sadaharo one day. I'd like to see that. Ooh, I did get that. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, we can use that as a drop later too, because that taken out <laughs> of context is wonderful. All right, let's bring up our final review via Apple Podcasts. Again, they're not all positive. We do accept the negative. Here's the title, Good But, and we got four stars. Need more Adam, less of the host. AJ can do the heavy lifting. I'd rather him run the show with a sidekick producer chiming in versus the current format. This goes from a troll named T-Bane. He's on Twitter, at Joel Grossman, Maryland. He gave us five stars somehow. This troll is getting an autographed piece of memorabilia. I would sit back and love listening to you host and conduct the show with a producer. Sounds like a wonderful a train I would love to making. Oh, uh, I hope he gets I hope I my I hope my autograph on what he receives is was crisp and just the perfect. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Jerry. I mean, but yeah, it's that's that's what you want. You want the reviews, you want people to you want good and bad. That's what that's makes right. That's why, you know, that's what makes shows better is the good and bad. You want to hear it. And, you know, we appreciate you, T-Bang. We're transparent here. Jerry, Jerry doesn't. I do. I, we're doesn't. transparent here, and I'll call him <laughs> Joel. Thanks for the review somewhat. With that, we need to thank our sponsors, as always, as we wrap up the show. But before we do that, I need to mention the email address because, again, folks, our email address is very important. You take this down because this is part of our next giveaway as we begin Season 2 with Adam Jones signed memorabilia. The email address, the Adam Jones Pod, the Adam Jones Pod at gmail.com. It's on your screen if you're watching YouTube. If not, the Adam Jones Pod at gmail.com. Send us an email with your name and contact info to be eligible. Also, thanks for your support out there and especially our loyal sponsors BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. They're easily located off York Road. And exit 26A on I-695. I speak from firsthand experience. Best customer service in town. We're working on your 7 Series, AJ. Also, Appreciate be more it. around town. They have the ultimate all-inclusive tailgate parties, whether it be for the birds of Baltimore, whether it be the Caps, the Terps, be more town.com Also, the good folks at the Wyman Company. Thank you, as always, Dennis. G-Leaf Medical Cannabis. For qualified patients only, head to gleaf.com and learn more. And the Baltimore banner, they're covering the Terps, the Ravens, the Orioles, the entire Baltimore region. Again, six months, unlimited digital access for just a buck. Visit thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Want to thank our senior executive producer, Chip Franklin, behind the scenes, does fine work as always. I'm reading off a script there. We'll see you again in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. For season two, we'll take our first respite and regroup for season two. Enjoy your time off, Adam. We'll do it.